Welcome to the podcast of Wiser, Women in Surgery at the Emory Residencies, where we share the careers and life stories of Emory surgeons across all specialties to recognize the diverse achievements happening right here at our own institution. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Cameron, I'm a fourth year at Emory, and I'm joined by an M3. Hi, I'm Laura, current M3. We are joined by Dr. Frances Jenkins. She's a current PGY2 in the General Surgery Residency Program here at Emory. She did her undergraduate studies at Princeton and completed medical school at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So the focus of this episode will be primarily advice for third and fourth year med students who are navigating application season. But first, I'd like to hear a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you were initially drawn to surgery. Sure. So I am originally from North Carolina, grew up in a small town called Elizabeth City that is close to the Outer Banks, went through high school, always thought I would actually go to UNC for undergrad and then ended up getting recruited to play volleyball at Princeton and had an incredible undergraduate experience there, met amazing people, learned a lot of things. And it was somewhere in the middle of college where I really determined that I was gonna try to pursue going to medical school. Where that all sort of stemmed from, I have a lot of doctors and people in medicine in my family. My dad's a general surgeon. My mom went to nursing school pretty late and runs a community care clinic where we grew up that helps link people who are uninsured with care in the community. And so was always surrounded by medicine. So it was something that was very familiar to me, but I wanted to make sure that it was actually something that I was interested in, not just because I was surrounded by it for so long. So halfway through college, decided med school was going to be what we were going for, graduated with a sociology degree, and then did a post-bac year after graduating to finish up my prerequisites. Worked for an AmeriCorps program in DC for a year while I was applying to med school, which was an amazing experience to live in DC, somewhere that's a great place to be in your young 20s for a year, but also get to work with amazing people in a healthcare setting before actually getting to medical school even. Found out I got into UNC, moved to Chapel Hill, went through med school. I initially thought I was gonna be a dermatologist actually, because I thought that I would just get to cut skin cancers off of people all day every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what dermatology is. Started my third year rotations and I started on internal medicine, which was amazing, learned a lot, and then started surgery as my second third year rotation. And I remember walking out of the first case on my first day on surgical oncology and just having this revelation of, oh my goodness, I think this is what I want to do. And, you know, my dad's a general surgeon, so I know what it means to be in the world of surgery and have seen firsthand what it's like beyond surgical training and residency. And I think because of that, it gave me a healthy sense of hesitancy into going into the field and was able to have a good amount of self-reflection and really determine for myself that, yeah, this is what I want to do. Let's do it. And so from pretty much there on out was gung-ho. All right, what do I need to do to be competitive going into this field? I've got a year and a half left of med school really at this point. Who can I meet? Who can I talk to? What can I do to learn more about this? What can I do to try to set myself up to get into a great residency program and do this thing full on? So that's kind of the general story of how we got to where we are now. That's awesome. 
how does your family feel about you pursuing surgery, especially since your dad is a general surgeon? Oh, he was definitely a little stressed initially. <laughs> but no, they're so happy about it. And they know that it's something that I really wanted to do and something that was important to me and that I was passionate about. Definitely. That's amazing. I have two short questions. First, what were your hesitations when you said you had the healthy amount of skepticism about the field? And then also, how was med school at UNC? So I will start with the first question. When you have a parent who's in medicine, I don't care if they're an internal medicine doctor, whatever they are, they're busy. It's not the easiest like work-life balance compared to other professional careers. So I think I was just appropriately aware of those things. And it's important to consider. And I think, you know, maybe that's a little bit of me too. Like work-life balance is important to me and making sure that I have time to be with my family, spend time with friends. For a long time, that didn't necessarily agree with the field of surgery. And I think that things are evolving and there are ways to make your career what you want it to be and find what's important to you. So it just made me think about it a little bit more rather than just dive in. As far as medical school at UNC goes, incredible. Chapel Hill is a great place to be, first of all. It is a fantastic town, small, really integrated with the university there. So there's an incredible energy. I actually lived there until I was in fifth grade growing up when my dad was finishing his surgical residency. So have a nice little sense of nostalgia with Chapel Hill at baseline. So being in Chapel Hill was incredible. But then UNC Med School in particular, we had so many incredible faculty, both in and out of the Department of Surgery, who are incredible mentors. I was lucky enough to have several mentors there that I really got close with, particularly my fourth year of med school, who were within the Department of Surgery and were really instrumental in helping me figure out what are my goals, what's important to me, where do I want to try to go for training, what aspects of a program are important to me, and where are the places that those are the things that are in alignment with their mission overall. So could not have asked for a better medical school experience. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about application process. What drew you to Emory for residency? And then how was your whole virtual Zoom application process? The virtual process is the only process that my class and the classes to follow have ever known. So we don't really know what we were missing out on. One thing that's unique about when I was applying is it was the first year that we were doing virtual interviews. So a lot of programs didn't really have it totally figured out, didn't really know how to navigate it and portray themselves to applicants the way that they normally would for the last 50 years or however long. So it was interesting in that sense. But I think the key takeaways from the virtual experience are as the applicant, before you show up for that interview, that happy hour to learn about the program, try to do some of the background work on your end through the resources that you have available. So looking on the websites, how many residents do they have? Is the research optional? Those are all questions that you can answer for yourself just by looking on programs websites. And then you can ask the more important questions during those interview sessions, happy hour things to really make use of that time. And so the virtual interview process was interesting and initially uncomfortable, but you just figure out how to get comfortable with the uncomfortable because there's no other option. That's it. That is the only FaceTime that you're going to have with those people and those programs. So 
it's important to try to get to know them as best as you can, even if it is just over a computer screen and try to take that out of it. Just don't even think about that component. As far as what drew me to Emory, when I was going through the application process, you know, everyone has their personal sort of criteria that are there like key check boxes that they're trying to look for in that perfect program that's going to check all of those boxes. And for me, that was a combination of somewhere where I felt like the people were smart, hardworking, social, fun to be around both in and outside of the hospital, people that have good relationships with each other, but also somewhere that I would want to live otherwise and somewhere that was also good for my husband. And so with those criteria, was able to sit down with some of those mentors of mine at UNC that I mentioned and be like, hey, okay, these are the things that I care about. This is what's important to me. I've heard a little bit about X, Y, and Z programs. What do you think? And knew that Emory had a great program. I think that it's somewhere that traditionally has an incredible surgical training. So had that on my radar, but didn't know that much about the program really beyond that. There was a girl that I went to college with who went to med school here, who I reached out to. And I remember texting her, we hadn't talked in years. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about potentially Emory for general surgery residency. How'd your rotation go? What are the residents like? Any, anything you can share. And she linked me up with one of our current residents now, Olivia Keene, who she had just worked with on her trauma rotation. And Olivia and I connected, we were able to talk about the program. I was able to discuss some of my questions. What's it like working at all these different hospitals? And that was really, really valuable. So there were plenty of things that drew me to Emory, but what really caught my eye and made it the program where I knew I really wanted to be was I felt like I connected really well with the people. I was able to get a good sense, even through virtual interviews, that they care about each other, they have a good time together, they're smart and they work hard, and they're here to do our job and, and go through this training together and be the best that we can be. And it just felt like the right fit. The thing that I will say is without doing the sort of self-reflection before going into all of this, there's no way that you can really find where that right fit is. So I think as medical students go into the process of applying, interviewing, going to these learn more about our program sessions, it's important to have a little bit of self-reflection and just think, okay, what's important to me? Where do I want to be? One other piece of advice that I got from a prior med school classmate who was a year ahead of me and is currently a general surgery resident actually up at, at MGH, she said, going through all of this, a lot of these programs are going to sound the same, look the same on paper, you're going to meet people, it's going to blend together. The important thing is finding the place that's going to celebrate you and support you to be the surgeon that you want to be, and that's when you know you've found the right spot. Thank you for that. That's really, really good advice. Definitely going to keep it in mind when I'm applying next year and for Cameron, who's applying this year. Yeah, it's great advice generally. And I definitely get the sense that you and your co-residents are close and that it's a good group of folks that's always looking out for each other. And you make the work more manageable and easier to do when you have a team like that. Yes, a place is only as good as the people that are there. That is the bottom line. That's awesome. That's so great to hear. Do you have any advice for filling out the application itself? Like any notes on how you went about formulating the personal statement, the CV or the supplemental, which is actually new in the past two years, including the geographic preferences, 
an opportunity to say more about the five most meaningful experiences and then the preference signaling where applicants get to let programs know of their increased interest. So I've heard whispers about those new things. I don't really know about them very much because they weren't a part of our application process, but it sounds like they are coming from a good place to help try to minimize some of the application burden that exists and help these programs sort of filter through applications in a way that allows them to look at applications more meaningfully for people who really want to be there. As far as filling out ERS, doing your personal statement, it's going to take longer than you think it's going to take. You know, Laura, you as a third year med student, what you can do now is just keep trying to make sure that your CV is up to date because having that already done by the time it's time to do the application just makes it that much easier as things are going, just let that be a living working document. So that's number one, keep your CV updated as you go. For the people who are already there, just take a day and get it updated and then you'll be caught up. <laughs> um, but for, for the rest of the application, what is it in, that's important to you that you want these programs to see? There are components of it that I feel like I remember kind of being a little bit repetitive and that's okay but it's all about how do you want to portray yourself to these places and what makes you a little bit different than the next person but also when they ask for your interests when they ask for your hobbies the approach that i took to that like it is very great to be unique and that is somewhere where you can set yourself apart however put things on there that are legit because people will sometimes put these random little interests on there just to try to sound interesting and those are the things that you're going to get asked about in your in your interview yeah so if you can't speak to it it's not a good look the application is just like pretty much any other application so i think the bottom line is just be truthful on it try to portray yourself as much as you can on a sheet of paper have your CV updated. And for your personal statement, that's probably the more conversation worth part of this answer, I would say. That is a piece of your application where you can really truly try to set your voice apart from other people. Why medicine? Why surgery? Those are the questions that these programs are going to sort of expect to be answered in your personal statement. But there's a way to do that such that you're also showing who you are and what your personality is and what's important to you and proving to them, hey, this is why this is important to me and this is why I want to be here. I'm going to show up and work my buns off and it's going to be great. The key for the personal statement if you are lucky enough to have some mentors who you can show that to, I had a couple of those same attendings that I've mentioned a couple of times now at UNC who I sat down with, with my personal statement, and we just dissected it line by line, word by word, and helped me get to a good final draft. That is really helpful. I think I sent it to my family too, but having somebody who goes through the actual application process and sort of knows what these programs are looking for was really helpful. That's great advice. Now that you've finished intern year, you're a golden second year. Any words of wisdom that you have from intern year, you know, just like in terms of transitioning from an M4 to an intern and any favorite moments you had from intern year? Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> so intern year is a wild ride. You don't know anything pretty much the whole time. By the end, you kind of know a little, but really not. When you're transitioning from being a med student, being humble, knowing that there are always people around you who can help you and that those 
people, nurses, the nutrition team, the pharmacists, all of the above are your biggest ally. And I think that there were plenty of moments in turn year where I didn't know what in the world to do, didn't know how to figure out this person's tube feeds or how we were going to get them discharged to this rehab place with TPN and a pick line and then get labs in seven days later, just all of these things that you do not learn anything about in medical school. And it's really just sort of you show up and you just have to figure it out. But you just need to keep the people on your team, the social worker, the pharmacist, all of the above. Using those resources is the best way to learn how to do all of those things in turn year. Other than that, just getting through in turn year, the general stressors of starting this new job, having all this new responsibility. One, you have to just remember you're never alone. And I think that's something that our program does very well. We always emphasize to all levels of residents, we're always here. I'm a phone call away. I'm a text away. Come and find me. No question is too little. And I think that having that culture within our program is really important because it helps reduce some of that anxiety that you otherwise have, particularly as an intern. And it also is important for patient care. I think one thing that I relied on a lot intern year were the just all of the co-residents. My co-interns, one, to help just, we were going through this all together, but also the older residents who were probably my biggest source of teaching throughout the entire year. And for that, we're so lucky. And, you know, that exists not just at Emory, that's everywhere, but particularly feel thankful that that is a big component of our residency program. And when you're a medical student, you follow anywhere from like, let's say two to five patients a day, right? And then you show up first day of intern year, they're like, okay, Laura, Cameron, here is your list of 25 patients. We'll see you in rounds in about an hour. And <laughs> you have to know all the things for those people. And it's hard. And so as you're finishing up med school, just continuing trying to push your abilities and push your limits of what you can do when the pressure's not on will set you up that much more for success come the first day of your intern year. When I was a med student, one piece of advice that one of the residents I was working with gave me, she was like, okay, Francie, every single day, whether you're a med student, whenever you're a resident, whatever it is, always try to be doing the job of the person who's one step ahead of you. You have to figure out how to master your job first, but once you're good at your job, try and strive to do the job of the person who's one year ahead of you. And that is, you will continue to progress and continue to advance and grow that much more if you're constantly pushing the limits and pushing what you're comfortable with. And you just know that People have figured this out before, and I can do this. <laughs> it sounds terrifying, honestly, but it's reassuring to hear that you feel like there is no shortage of support that's surrounding you inside and outside the hospital with whatever comes up. And it exists beyond your surgery team or whatever team it may be. The team within the hospital is expansive. So remembering yeah. that as well. Yeah. What have been your favorite moments? Favorite moments. It's hard to boil down to specific moments. I can think of plenty of fun weekends last year when our intern class would get together, go get drinks, go just 
have a nice not in the hospital time together, which is always incredible and so fun. And we're so lucky to have such good friendships, both within and outside of the hospital. Can think of plenty of great afternoons where we're waiting to sign out and there's just a group of residents in there who are just having a good time visiting and joking around. And <laughs> it's those moments of camaraderie that are definitely the moments that stick out from intern year. And then, I mean, learning, right? And getting to do all these amazing things and continue to just grow within surgical training throughout intern year and then getting to the next step starting PGY2 year has been extremely fulfilling and so fantastic. So with every step comes the new stressors, but also comes the new things that are exciting. And that's why we're here. What are you looking forward to in the rest of residency? Where do you see yourself going after? I am looking forward to continuing to learn a lot this year to start in our PGY2 year on a lot of services, we are the consult resident. So it's essentially a role that we really don't fill as interns, except for every now and then, but it's essentially a new role where you learn a lot. You're seeing these new consults, figuring out how to triage, do their work up, determine who needs to go to the operating room, who doesn't. And so that is a big learning experience for us. We also do a lot of ICU our second year. So as I was telling you guys earlier, so I'm in the SICU right now and just being more comfortable taking care of really sick people. I am planning to, to do two years of research in residency. So for us, research is optional. A lot of our residents end up taking it, but so I'll be taking two years of research, which will start after this year. So that'll be fun. That'll be a nice little you know, one, use the brain in, in a different way, think about all these other things, do a little basic science, but also kind of have a little bit of a life reset, which will be really nice. And then beyond that, currently planning on pursuing a career in surgical oncology. That is exciting. <laughs> I hear so many good, good things about the program and the way that a lot of residents do take that time to do the research and get really deep into their interests that I, I don't think we have a chance to do as, as med students or residents when you're trying to fit that in alongside the clinical work. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it is a great experience that we have. And if we were going to try to do it while still having all of our clinical duties, you really just can't dive in to the same extent that you can when you're not involved in the clinical stuff. So it's a great thing that we do. And there's a reason that most of us end up doing it, but it's not for everybody and that's okay. And that sort of going back to what we were talking about earlier is one of those things that when you're looking at programs and trying to figure out where you want to be, you know, is somewhere where research is mandatory, is that going to be a good fit for you? It's okay if the answer is no. It's great if the answer is yes. It's great if it's no. But just figuring out what that is for you as an individual and what your goals are, and then looking at programs with that in mind is important. I know you said that wellness is important to you and you're currently on the wellness committee for the program. Are there initiatives in place currently that you're excited about or changes that are upcoming that you guys are excited about? Oh, yes. So I'm on the wellness committee with Jess Kielsen and Maddie Rohrbach, and we are trying to establish the key things that we want to really do this year. We're all clinical residents right now, but we are figuring it out. Big things that we have on the horizon. We want to do a picnic for the residency to just bring everybody together, 
have a nice time. We have a lot of residents who have kids and it's family friendly for everybody. So it's not just residents and their significant others, but also their cute little babes who can be running around and bring everybody together with that. Other things that we're doing, we're putting together residency families. So every family will have one chief resident in it and then one or two residents from all of the other classes below to just sort of serve as another support system for everyone. You know, I think in particular, it will be really great for the interns who are coming into the program who may know each other, maybe have met some of the PGY2s, but don't know as many of the older residents. So just another source of support. One thing that our residency program does that's really great is everybody gets a half day off a month to support wellness. And it's, you can spend that time going to exercise. You can spend that time going to the dentist. They don't care how you spend that time. You can spend it sleeping in, but it's a great thing that they do to try to allow us to, you know, have protected time to do some of the life things that are otherwise challenging during residency. That's That's great. Especially because med students, we have our wellness days now, but residents need them too. We need them a lot more than med students do. (laughs) Everybody needs them. Life doesn't stop just because you're a resident or you're a med student and it's, it's important. So I think the fact that our, our program is trying to really value that and figure out a way to integrate it into the program so that it's just a normal thing is really incredible. Two more questions here that I have. So first one would be, I guess we kind of touched on this a little bit, your favorite way to spend time outside of work and how often do you and your co-residents, friends and family get to connect? Things that I like doing outside of the hospital when I'm not at work. One, my husband and I have a great two-year-old dog that we love to take for walks in Piedmont Park. We live in Midtown close to the park. So it's super easy to do, which is great. So that's one little brief activity, which can also easily be done. Like if I get home late from the hospital, it doesn't take too long. When I can love to run, we have a Peloton. So we'll occasionally try to do the bike. So exercise is a big thing for me. As you guys know, played volleyball in college. So working out sports has always been like a big thing for me. In med school, I was able to do a really good job of sort of keeping on it. Had a great running path that I loved in Chapel Hill and have been just for the last year working to try to figure out how I can recreate that with the schedule of residency. And I think I'm getting closer to figuring it out, but it's a challenge. So when I can, that's something that I really enjoy doing. And then also go and spend time with our friends. Most of our friends are people that we've met through the residency program, Mm -hmm. which isn't surprising because that's pretty much the only people that I spend (laughs) otherwise with. But it's also a sign of the fact that we have good people. So I bet we do something with the co-residents, whether it's just the people in my intern year or those that are a little bit older as well, at least once a month, if not two or three times a month. And it'll be a range of things. A great bar on the Beltline. We'll go sit outside, get drinks there. That one's definitely a team favorite especially when it's nice outside. But then we'll also go to somebody's house, have dinner, have just charcuterie boards, whatever. Just a fun like get together with everybody. And it's been great. I think the beginning of intern year last year, we were primarily doing that stuff just like within our class. But as we met more of the residency, got closer to some of the other residents, it sort of expanded and we will spend time with some of the current PGY4s, 3s, 2s, chiefs, all the above now. So It's great. Not everywhere do the residents across classes 
spend time together, but I do very much so believe that that is a big part of our residency too. That's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome that you all get along so well. We're very lucky. We got a good crowd. I guess some <laughs> parting fun questions. Favorite song to play in the OR? And then if you have one good July intern story to share. Um, OR music is a very, it's an interesting topic. People have very strong opinions about this. It depends on the day and depends on who I'm working with. Because you know like what people are into and what's going to make everybody else excited because you want everybody to be happy, right? You want everybody in the OR to be enjoying what's playing. So I've figured out a few good go-tos, not necessarily songs, but Pandora um, stations. Because even though I swear I haven't seen Pandora be used outside of the operating room in like 10 years, it's still <laughs> the only thing that they play in the OR, Pandora Radio. Hip Hop Barbecue is a great Pandora station. That's usually a people pleaser. You know, everybody's gonna be happy. It's good vibes. It's a good blend. July intern story. Okay, this wasn't July. This would have been September when I was on vascular. I figured out that we could park in the nice parking deck. So I parked there one day and I was on a 24 hour shift because I was on call that night. And I left the hospital in the morning. I'd been there for like 28 hours and I am so tired and I'm walking through the parking garage and it took me, I kid you not, 35 minutes to find my car. Oh no. I almost called an Uber, but I stuck it out. And I remember as soon as I got to my car, I took a selfie of it, <laughs> of me and my car with my keys. <laughs> and I sent it to Zach Grady, who was on <laughs> covering for me. I was like, Zach, I found it. And he was so happy for me. He was on call and he was getting ready to come help me find my car. Oh no. <laughs> so anyway, our residents look out for each other. He was literally getting ready to come to the parking garage and help me find my car. Oh um, my gosh. So things like that will happen. You will lose your car. You will not know which way to go. You'll get locked in a stairwell, whatever it will be. And you just figure it out. And you remember that you have amazing people around you at all times who are there to help you get through it and laugh with you <laughs> and at you and in those moments. That's amazing. <laughs> that is not an uncommon occurrence. I think I did that on nights and then every time since, if I know I'm gonna be in the hospital for more than 12 or 15 hours, I take a picture of my car oh, yeah. in the you level must... that it's on in the parking lot half of my camera roll is where i parked my car i would write it on my hand but then it's gone like yeah. in less than 10 hours so yeah. the picture is that's the pro move well guys this has been great thanks for having me thank you for tuning in to another episode of wiser if you liked this episode please rate and leave a review as it helps others find the show you can also share with friends and family. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wiser Podcast for updates. This episode was hosted and produced by Laura Schweiger and Cameron Blunt. It was edited by Cynthia Ramazani and Cameron Blunt. Music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions.